Let us pray. Ever vigilant God, you watch over us every night as we sleep and every day as we rise to do our work and gather at our tables to feast on the food that you provide for us. Your care for us is never ceasing. We long to be as vigilant as you as we strive to be the kingdom-ready church that you desire us to be here on earth. God, bless these offerings. Help us to keep our eyes and our ears open to the needs around us. May we give so generously that it, when it is time to close our eyes and sleep, that we will rest knowing that we have been faithful, that we have been attentive in our caring and our compassion for others. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. This morning we have a special preacher, Will Fenton Jones, who is the Director of Multicultural Vitality for the East Ohio Conference. Will is currently in the Army Reserve, and he previously served eight years of active duty as a chaplain's assistant in the Army. He developed training to mentor chaplains and military leaders in their understanding of and their ability to work with complex religious relationships in Afghanistan and in other settings. And he is also the husband of Joy Fenton-Jones, that you might know. Today, Will's message will be based off the lectionary readings for this week. The lectionary is a collection of readings that guides us through the main stories of the Bible in three years. He refers to three scriptures today, and I will read the, the reading from Amos. Amos chapter 5 verses 18 through 24. Hear these holy words. Alas for you who desire the day of the Lord. Why do you want the day of the Lord? It is darkness, not light, as if someone fled from a lion and was met by a bear, or went into the house and rested a hand against the wall, and was bitten by a snake. Is not the day of the Lord darkness, not light? and gloom with no brightness in it? I hate, I despise your festivals, I take no delight in your solemn abilities. Even though you offer me your burnt offerings and grain offerings, I will not accept them. And the offerings of well-being of your fatted animals will, I will not look upon. Take away from me the noise of your songs. I will not listen to the melody of your hearts. But let justice roll down like waters, and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading of this word. And now, let us hear from Will. Good morning. I'm uh, so thankful to be with you this morning. Although I wish we were together in person, I'm thankful that we can love our neighbor uh, by practicing social distancing and these safety measures uh, during these times. My name is Will Jones. I'm the Director of Multicultural Vitality for the East Ohio Conference. And my role is to be a resource uh, for churches, just like Brexville United Methodist, to help us live into the vision of the conference to reach and be in relationship with newer and more diverse people. 
This morning, I had the privilege of speaking to you today, not only as a United Methodist, but also as someone who wears the uniform of a United States Army officer. And as we approach Veterans Day, we take time to honor all veterans who have served. This morning, I'm hoping to give you some insight into the military mindset, a brief window into the world which I've lived and operated for 13 years as both a non-commissioned officer on active duty and as now a commissioned officer in the United States Army Reserve. There's a certain camaraderie that develops between members of the armed forces because it is a completely different world. We have our own language, our own laws, our own expectations, and I can see it when I'm out and about on Veterans Day. When you're getting that free meal at Applebee's or Chili's, you see it when you're waiting. Veterans, some wearing Vietnam veteran hats or Korea veteran hats, sharing stories while waiting for tables. Strangers finding common ground and shared experience. Although we won't get to maybe enjoy as much of that camaraderie this Veterans Day, we know it and we know it exists. So this morning we're going to talk briefly about some of that experience and mindset that veterans have and see how it relates to our walk as Christians. One of the first things you learn in basic training is the soldier's creed. I am an American soldier. I'm a warrior and a member of the team. I serve the people of the United States and live the Army values. The creed goes on, but the Army values are leadership, duty, respect, selfless service, honor, integrity, and personal courage. If you didn't catch it, that spells out the acronym LEADERSHIP, L-D-R-S-H-I-P, which of course is missing an E and A, which speaks to our ability in the Army to spell. The next statement of the creed makes up what we call the warrior ethos. I will always place the mission first. I will never accept defeat. I will never quit. I will never leave a fallen comrade. These creeds and statements are a way to help us learn who we are and the type of soldiers we ought to be. Another tool we have in the military that helps give us the sense of identity and cohesion as teams are mottos. What's a motto, you ask? Nothing. What's a motto with you? I'm going to pretend you're laughing hysterically to that at home. A motto is a short sentence or phrase chosen as encapsulating the beliefs or ideals guiding an individual, family, or institution. Again, a motto is a short phrase or sentence chosen as encapsulating the beliefs or ideals given or and guiding an individual, family, or institution. You know, mottos are used in order to reflect and reinforce each unit's values and traditions. Every unit has a motto. We also have songs, but I will spare you that this morning. Here's some mottos that I've lived with in my military experience. Right now, I'm a part of the 391st Military Police Battalion, and our motto is dignity and honor. I'm an engineer officer, and we have a motto that's a French word, essayant, which means let us try. The motto of the chaplain corps is pro deo et patria, for God and country. This will defend is the United States Army motto. And de oppresso liber 
is to liberate the oppressed, which is the motto of the United States Army Special Forces. These mottos, along with our creed, give you a sense of the kind of character that we want instilled in our soldiers. Mottos are reflections of our values. They identify who we are to others. You know, I'm a company commander, and every battle assembly, I take time to talk to my soldiers about the values that my unit is going to have as an organization. We talk about treating one another with dignity and respect. Mottos help give a sense of the kind of leader that I want to be. These mottos help me live into that kind of leadership. I want to share with you a story of an officer who failed at living into those values. You know, it's a story I often share on Native American Ministry Sunday. In 19, in, I'm sorry, in 1864, Colonel John Chivington, who was an ordained Methodist clergyman turned military man, he had his troops attack an encampment of Cheyenne and Arapaho Indians, killing over 200, mostly women and children. And this incident has come to be known as the Sand Creek Massacre. And others like it, other massacres perpetrated by members of the church, and in this case, United Methodist, have left an open, lasting wound on the Native American community and other communities. You know, I was not there, and neither were you. But we have a duty as organizations, both the Army and the United Methodist Church, to take ownership of the fact that it did happen. In the 1990s, the General Conference of the United Methodist Church took ownership and issued a formal, apologize, uh, a formal apology. As a commander, I recognized my duty to ensure that massacres like Sand Creek never happen under my watch. Incidents like this inform how I command. Being in a military police battalion that has a mission of detention operations, which is that we inter uh, enemy prisoners of war. Uh, we also do refugee resettlement and uh, displaced civilians due to conflict. But we have spent time reflecting on when things go wrong and where leadership failed to live up to the army values and mottos that we profess. Dignity and honor, I mentioned, is our unit's motto. That motto informs how we conduct ourselves to ensure that the atrocities that happened at Abu Ghraib never happen again. There were two officers present at the Sand Creek Massacre, Captain Silas Sewell and Lieutenant Joseph Kramer, who commanded Companies D and K of the 1st Colorado Cavalry. They refused to obey Colonel Chivington's orders and told their men to hold fire. They further went on to testify at a military hearing to the truth of what they witnessed, gruesome acts of injustice. These were men of integrity. These were men who understood what it meant to live up to the type of character and mottos, the type of character these mottos instill. You know, discipleship is, is really about walking this line, identifying our values as Christians and seeing who we are going to be in living out those values. As I reflected on the lectionary scripture for this morning, mottos for each of these passages jumped off the page to me. You see, what scripture does is it gives us little snippets of truth about who we want to be and about who God is. 
In the Joshua passage, we have a people who have been on a journey through the wilderness. They received the law, they broke the law, they were supposed to take the promised land, they went back to the wilderness, and now Joshua is their leader. And he's the leader who leads God's people into the promised land where they conquer the people and take the land. Joshua in our passage today is at the end of his life and he's giving a farewell. And in it is a renewal of the covenant. I will be your God and you will be my people. And Joshua gives us this motto. Who will you serve? This is a motto that says something about the kind of people the Israelites are supposed to be. What they value. Who will you serve? Of course, in the context of this scripture, Joshua is really talking about the people not serving other gods, the gods of the people that the Israelites destroyed. But for us today, we can think about this motto, who will you serve, and think about the kind of people we want to be. Are we self-serving? Are we serving others? It's not just a personal question, but it's a question for the people of God, for the church to consider. Who are you serving, Brexville United Methodist? Does the church exist to just sustain itself into perpetuity? What about the character of this congregation comes through when you are asked the question, who will you serve? Our Matthew passage for today also brought to my mind a motto from the text, always ready. This passage reminds me of the scout motto, be prepared. Always ready also happens to be the Coast Guard motto. But we can clearly find value in being the kind of people who are prepared and ready. You know, this parable, of course, uses symbolism and a metaphor about ancient wedding traditions that I really don't understand fully or grasp. But we can recognize in this parable, as well as the rest of Matthew 25, that there's an eschatological theme about the final judgment and the end times. What we might understand from this motto, always ready, is a call for readiness in the face of uncertain times. Those uncertain times, of course, happen in our personal lives. But because this is scripture, we understand that there's a communal call about who we are and our character that's at stake. As a church, are we ready to help our communities and people through the uncertain times of life You know, folks right now are facing uncertainty around COVID-19, about this election, about their jobs. Maybe they're facing uncertainty about feeding their families. Is this a church that is always ready to face these challenges? Amos 5, of course, is a passage we might recognize because of the words, let justice roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. Those words are memorialized above the resting place where Martin Luther King Jr. and his wife Coretta are buried in Atlanta, Georgia. Those words from his I Have a Dream speech and from Amos give us a motto that truly challenges us. Let justice roll down. Like all mottos, is this one that gives us an identity that we claim? Are we people who let justice roll down? Amos is a prophet, and Amos is sharply rebuking the Israelites who've oppressed the poor and innocent. 
It reads, I hate, I despise your religious festivals. Your assemblies are a stench to me. Why? Because of the way that you have treated the, vulnerable of, the most vulnerable of society. Let justice roll down is a motto that calls us to action. It gives us identity as Christians to work toward bringing the kingdom of God here on earth as it is in heaven, especially for the most vulnerable among us. It challenges us that when we see injustice, we will do something about it. Martin Luther King reminds us that the arc of the moral universe is long, but it bends towards justice. You know, my work as the director of Multicultural Vitality has led me to create some statements and some principles by which I do my work and try and help churches live into what it means to be a multicultural church. And so multicultural vitality is this. It's the area in which churches identify, engage, and embrace cultural differences that are ethnic, socioeconomic, political, global, and generational, whether internally or externally. Multicultural vitality is the intersection of people working with other people. And we understand that the church is this culture apart from the neighborhood we live, and we seek to become more relevant to the neighborhood in which we live. So that's kind of my statement or creed about multicultural vitality. And I've got some principles. Vital congregations, healthy congregations, engage in this kind of work by objectively reflecting on how well we love all. Can we step outside ourselves and objectively reflect? Being willing to implement changes so that congregations can better love all. And when we, mean, when we say all, we mean all. Vital congregations engage in multicultural ministry by viewing communities as equals and partners, not as a problem to be fixed. Vital congregations engage in this kind of ministry by developing individual skills and expertise to love others and engage the neighborhood. And finally, vital congregations engage in multicultural ministry by having open and intentional conversation about and with people different than us. You know, those principles and state, that statement is on the conference webpage, and it's how I try and do my work as an office. But if I were to create a motto that sums that all up for my office, it would be, love your neighbor. And that would challenge me to the values and principles by which I do my work and the work that we are supposed to do together as churches. So these mottos, who will you serve? Always ready and let justice roll down, challenge us this morning. What motto will you live by? Amen. Thank you, Will. What motto will we live by? During this next hymn, I invite you to share your joys and your concerns with us. You can share them in the comments on Facebook. Just know that they are on the internet and anything shared there will be there forever for anybody to see. If you would like to share um, more quietly um, um, or just not so publicly, then you are invited to um, go to our website and in the top right hand corner is a prayer request button and you can click that and you can also connect with us. 
The important thing is that we are able to come together through prayer, knowing that we are united by God, that we are together no matter where we are on planet Earth. It is something that unites us, and, and we know that God is working through us. So I invite you to share your joys and your concerns as we listen to this next song. this morning. I do want to pray for Malik um, that he is feeling better soon. Um, he just isn't feeling up to it and just so we want to pray for him. Um, and then also we have a vision meeting, our first vision meeting today. And so today's um, sermon that, that Will shared was very appropriate as we focus on what our motto is, what will we do, are we always ready, will we help justice roll down, what does that mean for us as a church, and so our vision team is gathering this afternoon to begin to pray through that and to see what God has created us to uniquely do here in this time and in this place. And so I ask for your prayers for that meeting and to continue that as we go through the next um, several eight months um, of this vision process. Shelly asked for prayers for her sister Donna, who might have COVID, and Marla asked for prayers of healing and peace of mind for Brandy. Um, I do also want to ask for prayers um, of just for the nation as we continue um, to process this election um, and everything around it. Um, there are lots of feelings. Um, and so just prayers for one another and that we might be united and that we might um, be united in peace with God. And I don't see any other. Oh, Jason asked for prayers for the country with the new election. That's from Mitchell. And um, the prayers are, if I don't see them on Facebook, um, know that we will 
add them um, to the, the prayer list um, that will go out and, and know that they will be prayed over even if I don't um, list them out in, in voice. So let us go to our Lord in prayer. Holy God, we are often stubborn and impatient people. We want to know how things will end. We want to know what the schedule is and what to expect. But instead of a written out daily planner, God, you have given us your Holy Spirit. Your Holy Spirit that comforts us and guides us. Daily we are called to come before you in prayer and in praise. And daily we are challenged by your spirit to find ways to serve your people in your world. And we do acknowledge this somewhat. But we still want to know when we need to have the oil for our lamps. When we need to be fully prepared because, God, it's hard for us to be continually ready. But, God, we know that that is because we place you in one area of our life and not our whole lives. God, help us to place you at the center of our lives so that we might seek daily to prepare ourselves for your coming, that we might seek daily to bring your kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. God, we have brought to you names and, and situations of those people who are near and dear to us. And we ask for your healing love and your blessing upon them. Their needs are great, and God, our abilities are limited. But we know that with your love, all things are possible. And God, we now pause to lift up to you our silent prayers that lay heavy on our hearts. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. Give us such courage and perseverance that we may faithfully proclaim your love to all of your creation and make us ready to receive you now in this place and everywhere we are. We pray these things in the name of Jesus as we pray the prayer that he taught his disciples. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who have trespassed against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. It is good to be worshiping God together on this beautiful day that God has made. I pray that you go into this week resting in God's peace, resting in the knowledge that God is with you wherever you are constantly. As you go from this time, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and grant you peace. 
Go in peace and not in pieces. Amen. Have a great week. Oh, the strength of stature